On the face of it, the battle between NBCU and YouTube TV is just another carriage dispute. But can Comcast really take on Google and walk away a winner? Listen on to find out more. Welcome to this week's edition of Inside the Stream. This is Will Richmond from Video News. And that was Colin Dixon right there at the beginning from Endscreen Media. Hey, Colin, how's everything? Uh, it's going really well, Will. And I, I, I know you and I have been hanging on a knife edge uh, of the NBCU YouTube TV fight, um, which we are going to get to in a little bit. Uh, but I think we're going to jump right into our news stories, right? Yeah, so the first news story we're covering this week is uh, we're recording here on Friday morning, actually, this week, a little later than we typically do, but was happy to see yesterday, late yesterday, news that Disney and Scarlett Johansson have settled their acrimonious litigation with one another. And uh, as we know, that was all about Scarlett Johansson saying that uh, she felt that she had been deprived of certain revenue she expected from the Black Widow release that happened on Disney Plus in addition to being in theater. And it was a pretty aggressive war of words back and forth between her and Disney. But it seems like that has now been resolved. I saw a couple of articles speculating on how much they may have resolved it for. And if that was the case, it looks like she actually did pretty well um, out of that. But of course, nobody really knows. So who knows? But I think a harbinger of what's yet to come, because there's no question all these studios are prioritizing streaming and are going to have to continue evolving their business models. So that means talent is going to be paid differently going forward because the economics of streaming are different than theatrical. So I thought it was obviously good that they settled, but that at the same time, it, uh, it's not going to be the last time we're going to see this kind of thing. What do you think? Uh, no, it is not going to be the last time we see this type of thing, Will. Uh, this is all part of the realignment, I guess, that the that the cinemas and, and movies are going through uh, as they experiment and move more into reduced windows for digital releases. So I think we're probably going to continue to see this type of thing as people work out what the new world order is and how things work. And uh, I'm, well, I'm, I'm certainly glad that Scarlett Johansson and Disney were able to, to put things right. But uh, I, I got to believe that Disney really wasn't uh, wasn't careful enough about looking at the at the at the deals that they had done in production of the movies that they released in those early windows and in the digital in the in the digital window, uh, and I bet they'll be looking much yeah. more closely now. Yeah, and aren't we especially pleased that Scarlett Johansson probably ended up making at least fifty or sixty million dollars from Black Widow because we were concerned about that, weren't we, Tom? <laughs> <laughs> I think we were all concerned for poor Scarlet. Poor, poor, I mean, poor, poor Scarlet. Poor Scarlet. I haven't been able to sleep well at night since that lawsuit came out. I've been so concerned. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, why don't you go ahead and tell us what's been on your uh, mind this week? I will. Well, this this story this may have slipped by most of our listeners because it's not that big a deal. But I think what it says is a big deal. 
Pluto TV this week, Viacom, Viacom CBS owned Pluto TV, was fined $3.5 million by the FCC. And it was fined because of a series of, uh, of violations of the FCC's closed captioning rules. And this really, this caught my eye because, as I say, not because it's a huge amount of money, although, you know, I suppose 3.5 million is, is still a decent whack. Um, but what it really says is how the, uh, the fast services, these free virtual linear services like Pluto TV are now being considered a legitimate part of the entertainment world. Uh, I mean, basically what seemed to have gone on here was that even the FCC admits that Pluto wasn't actively trying to deceive or avoid void, um, implementing closed captioning, but that they had simply failed to tell the FCC what they were doing in a, quote, timely fashion. Uh, uh, so that's where the fine came from. But... As I say, this what this really says to me is that fast services are now considered a part of the legitimate um, ent- entertainment empire, that it has to be available to all, and that the FCC is making sure it is. So uh, I think that's a, a really strong statement about how well the fast services are doing in providing entertainment to us. Yeah, I think that's a fair statement, Colin. Everybody's got to abide by the rules. And... Um... You know, it sounds like that situation is going to work out just fine. It, yeah, yeah. And, and I, think they've, I think they've been humbled a little bit and they're making sure they're going to be in compliance from now on. So, yeah. uh, so anyway, that's, well, that's all to the good. Well, let's talk about situations that may not end up working out just fine. <laughs> Our main topic for this week is this big blow-up that all of us have been following between NBC Universal and YouTube TV. Uh, we have obviously seen many of these quote-unquote carriage disputes over the years where pricing is typically the main uh, topic of dispute where the cable networks or broadcast networks want to be paid at a certain level. The PTV operator or satellite or telco does not want to pay up at that level. They get into a dispute, blackouts are threatened, extensions are made, blackouts are threatened, extensions are made, back and forth, until finally somehow the party agrees, parties agree to terms. This one feels a little different, Colin, for lots of different reasons, and you are going to get us started to understand why. Yeah, yeah. Um, this, this, this really surfaced, I think, last week um, when the rumors of NBCU and YouTube TV uh, getting into a big standoff fight over carriage fees for NBCU programming on YouTube TV blew up. And it really turned into a he said, she said pretty quickly. And so it started out with basically NBCU saying, they said, NBC Universal is seeking fair rates from Google for YouTube TV's continued carriage of the only portfolio offering entertainment, Hispanic news and sports networks. And YouTube uh, management responded in a blog post, in a quite lengthy blog post. Blog post. <clears throat> and one of the, the, the most significant things they said is, our ask is that NBCU treats YouTube TV like any other TV provider. 
um, and we'll get into what that meant exactly. Um, basically, we've we've come to, we've actually passed the deadline. The deadline was midnight last night. Midnight to, on. Uh, well, you know, it's not defined if midnight is in Thursday or in Friday, but it was the midnight between those two. And uh, the, the, the stations are still up. They, they released a statement saying that they would leave them up while they continued to negotiate. But if they do go away uh, and NBC US threatened to remove them, YouTube TV says that they will immediately lower the price for the for the product by $10. Now, I'm not sure that that will keep people there because obviously there's a lot of stuff going on on NBC that people want to watch. Um, I know for me, Premier League is pretty significant, um, although I have nowhere else. Well, I guess I would I would probably switch to something like Sling for NBCU um, uh, Sports for NBC Sports Network. Um, you, there's, there's, there's the golf for you, right? Golf Channel is really important Huge. to you, yeah? Not only Golf Channel, but NBC also carries, yeah. uh, splits the weekend coverage with CBS. So, yeah, that would be a big miss for me, too. So, what's, so I think what's likely to happen here, if they do go, go away, is that YouTube TV will lose a bunch of people who will switch to another platform where they can continue to watch, uh, watch that despite the $10 decrease. Uh, and NBC will just, I guess, some of that revenue will transfer transfer back to them through other platforms, but they may well lose a whole bunch of revenue in the process. So this isn't good for either of them, I think. Um, but I got to tell you, I, I really feel like YouTube TV is in the stronger position here. And I think you feel the same, right? Oh, there's absolutely no question YouTube TV is in a stronger position, Colin, um, you know, for a variety of reasons. But, you know, uh, I agree with all of what you just said. And I guess I would also add that the it's important to understand the dynamics, the broader dynamics here. Um, YouTube TV is something that Google created primarily to gain TV advertising inventory for YouTube. Because with YouTube itself having more viewing on connected TVs, YouTube TV itself would be very complimentary. It would add to the amount of inventory that YouTube, premium inventory that YouTube would be in a position to sell. It bulks up what they call their, now they call it their Google preferred. I think at one time they call it their YouTube preferred, Google preferred, um, you know, the top most premium quality inventory. And so, that's been a big win for them. We we know that for the past two quarters, YouTube has reported $7 billion of ad revenue just in the U.S. We don't know how much of that is attributable directly to YouTube TV versus YouTube itself, or YouTube on TV is another category, of course. Um, but there's no question it's helped them. At the same time, uh, we all know the pay TV industry model is challenged. The you know You've tracked closely what the um, expense per subscriber is from a programming standpoint. And it's only gone up in the past, you know, forever, basically, but continues to go up. So it's not a particularly high margin business. It, YouTube TV serves this very specific purpose for YouTube. If YouTube shut down YouTube TV, to, if Google, I should say, shut down YouTube TV tomorrow, I think there would be a collective shrug from Wall Street. They literally could care less. It would be a total nothing burger for them. 
So that's who Comcast is dealing with, an entity that is ready to walk away from that business if it needed to, can survive without that business if it needed to, um, has an investor community that doesn't care about that business if it dropped it. And also Google is, of course, you know, has experience dealing with the most powerful entities in the world. They regularly hear from um, regulators at the federal level in Europe, in America, in other countries. Uh, and so in some ways, you know, when you and I were emailing about this earlier this week, my reaction was that line, that famous line that Jack Nicholson uttered in the movie A Few Good Men. <laughs> <laughs> where he basically <laughs> told he basically told Tom Cruise you're effing with the wrong marine and um you know i think that in some ways that's what Comcast is doing you know nobody muscles google when google wants to do something or doesn't want to do something google does something or doesn't do something and the idea that Comcast as it's been floated was trying to get google to or youtube to incorporate peacock in its bundle is just so beyond ludicrous that it's hard to fathom anybody even thought that was an idea worth surfacing. Um, secondarily, they're looking for higher rates for NBCU, and they're looking for higher rates for NBCU because, number one, they have fewer subscribers due to cord cutting, and number two, they've increased, continued to increase their own programming expense. And Exhibit A of that is what's happening with sports rights. And if there's an Exhibit A within Exhibit A, it's what Comcast, NBC, Universal, and Viacom, CBS did with PGA Golf about a year ago. They, for whatever reason, decided that they would pay 75% more per year to PGA. It was a $6.3 billion uh, uh, deal. And there's already so much money in golf, it's mind-boggling. The average PGA Tour player this year made over a million five just on the course. That's before any sponsor endorsements, speak, uh, um, appearance fees, anything else. That's just on the course what the average PGA Tour player made. And yet here came NBC and CBS willing to pay 75% more when there was clearly no other bidder. There's nobody else that could have taken on uh, the PGA Tour. They split those rights between them. And yet they paid up. Well, now here comes NBCU wanting to recoup some of those dollars that they put into sports. And they're trying to get it off of the back of, of Google and YouTube TV. And no doubt, <laughs> Google, YouTube TV said, that's not happening. We'll be happy to drop you guys and we'll lower our rate to subscribers by $10 per month. And that's a very difficult negotiating position that Comcast has found itself in. And to some extent, I think it's, you know, kind of a self-inflicted wound because of what they've done bidding up the sports rights, which, of course, we've talked about many times on this podcast. So I think it's a tough one. It's also wrapped up in much bigger issues related to the industry dynamics, cord cutting, the rise of the MVPDs, the rise of streaming, what's the role of advertising versus subscriptions, et cetera. Um, so it, it's a complicated situation. I, I expect that it's going to be resolved, but I expect it's going to be resolved in balance uh, toward Google and YouTube. Yeah, yeah. So, so actually, I went back and well, I wanted to really try and unpack how we got here, how each of the sides got here. And so I, I sort of looked at, at the three major things that really stuck out here, which was one, NBCU saying they're asking for a fair increase to Google saying 
it's not fair. You've got to treat us like everybody, every, every other TV provider. And three was the was the them trying to tie Peacock into the deal. Um, so let's start. Let's start with the first one, which is the they're saying that this is a quote fair increase. Um, so as you said, as you said, I've been tracking pretty darn closely the cost of programming fees and how that has impacted providers. Now um, it's been pretty dramatic. If you look at how much. Comcast paid to programmers in 2015 as a, as you know, how, how much of their video revenue they paid to programmers. It was about 48 cents of every dollar went to the programmers. Today, it's about 65 cents. So that's a pretty dramatic change and a pretty big reduction in the margins that Comcast is making from its video service and and actually for for smaller providers what i hear from smaller providers is that they're not making any money at all now and in fact some are even losing money on the deal now you could argue the those services those pay tv services were making more money than they should have been uh the the real real product here was the tv channels and they weren't being fairly recompensed for their for their product but they have been asking for above inflation increases in those fees for a decade or more now. And this is one of those things where, you, where you, you've been asking for outrageous raises in those fees and you've been getting them. And so you just get used to asking for outrageous increases and expecting to get them. So, you know, that's, that's, the, that's that. The, the second one is Google's claim that the rates that they're getting are not fair. And I've got to tell you, Will, I totally believe Google. And the reason I believe them is when the virtual MVPDs were just really cranking up and getting into the business, uh, then in 2018, then CEO of CBS, Les Moonves, boasted that he was getting something like $2 plus per sub per month from traditional pay TV operators, but that he was getting double that, $4 a sub per month from the virtual MVPDs. Now, they were kind of forced to pay that, right? Because they didn't have a lot of customers that they could bring, so they were definitely going to get a a worse deal than the traditional pay TV operators. But you can bet that NBCU salesmen when they saw Google knocking at the door, saw big dollar signs. So there is no question in my mind whatsoever that they that they did exactly what CBS did and doubled their rates. Now, fast forward today, Google's got allegedly 4 million subscribers, about 5% of the pay TV world now is on YouTube TV. So they're a significant part of the business. And YouTube quite rightly goes back and says, well, wait a minute. I want to be paying the same as Altis is being charged or Cox is being charged, who are also similarly sized MVPDs. But you can imagine how Google, how NBCU feels about that because they're getting twice as much money probably from YouTube TV as they are from Altis and from Cox. 
And there's no way that they want to take a haircut on the amount of money they get from <laughs> from from, uh, from YouTube because uh, because of the reasons you say. You know, this is a business that's contracting. They want to hold revenue up as much as possible. So there's that. And the final piece is the peacock piece. And uh, of course, light shit. This is it's not absolutely confirmed that they've been tying peacock in with this deal but uh light shed analyst rich greenfield was the one that said that he thought that they were doing this and i totally believe it and the reason i believe it is that that's actually what comcast is doing with its xfinity customers today um they give them comcast gives its xfinity customers and its um and its broadband customers on through a flexbox the first premium, the entry level uh, subscription tier to Peacock, which is four ninety nine a month, and so I and and you know they've been very shy. Comcast has been very shy about saying how many people are actually paying for Peacock. They do tell us that fifty four million people have signed up, and of those, twenty million are active users. But you know, just looking at the data, the data suggests that almost all of those monthly active users are not paying. They are um, they are using free. I would imagine the number of people paying are in the low millions. So maybe two or three million people are paying. So of course they want to pump up the number of people that are quote paying for Peacock by bundling it in with uh, with a with the other channels, a, a premium subscription with the other channels. And I can just imagine that they've given a price a single price to youtube tv that includes the channels and peacock and and youtube is you, those guys are going no take that out we don't want that take it out <laughs> so, <laughs> right. you, you could imagine that so i i think this is very simple will it's it's at the beginning nbcu saw a big payday a big cash a, a lot of cash coming from youtube tv and today, as you say, YouTube, you know, they, they don't really need it as much as they needed it before. Yeah, Colin, I just, um, I mean, I, I think all those thoughts are really interesting and definitely, I think, directionally true. Um, one thing I would comment on is, you know, the idea of what Google or YouTube is paying for the NBCU channels. I think that the Moonvis comment stands up um, at let's call it double the rate, which is what he was quoting when an MVPD, a virtual MVPD was coming with basically zero subscribers. My hunch is that the way those deals are written is that there's some kind of a slider so that, you know, from zero to let's say 500,000 subscribers, the rate is X from 500,000 to a million five, the rate is X minus 0.5%. Uh, from, you know, a million five to three million, it's X minus 10%, whatever. So my hunch is that Google and YouTube have been getting some benefit for their, you know, increased size over the years that the deal has been in place. But to your point, now they're looking to be, you know, more aggressive and, and maybe get onto an absolutely even playing field of so-called MFN with other like-sized operators. You mentioned Altice or Cox or whoever. Um, so it might not be quite as stark a drop as the way you characterize, but it could still be a drop 
and that obviously would be a big problem for NBC Universal. The other thing I wanted to talk about, uh, respond to in a, for a moment, is this role of Peacock, which, as I said earlier, is, in my mind, ludicrous that Comcast, if it's correct, which, of course, nobody really knows, but if it's correct that, Peac- that um, Comcast was trying to put Peacock premium in the mix, that, uh, I think, you know, first of all, <laughs> let's remember that when Peacock was introduced, the whole onstage presentation was positioning Peacock as a free service. They weren't even talking about Peacock Premium. It was a wholly positioned as a free service, and isn't that wonderful? Now, you and I did a podcast about that at the time, and we were kind of scratching our heads. Why is it that Comcast, NBC Universal, is emphasizing free when they've got all this great content? They should be out there charging for it appropriately, which they offer the option, but obviously not many people have picked it up, and they've also um, basically taken it entirely off the table for their own subscribers. So, for instance, I'm a Comcast broadband subscriber. I get access to Peacock Premium. I'm not charging anything extra for it. So they just took that, you know, 20 million or 30 million. It's actually closer to 30 million, more than 30 million by the time you combine broadband subs and video subs because all of those get Peacock Premium for free. So it's not even clear to me why that is so strategically or seemingly strategically so important to them to achieve in a deal with YouTube when that's contrary to the original positioning of Peacock. But one other thing I just want to say here is that I think this entire conversation, this entire negotiation would be completely different, would have a totally different tenor if Comcast had acquired the part of Hulu that it owned going into 2018 in a joint venture with Disney and Time Warner and Fox. Now, what happened in that deal was that Hulu's the 30%, uh, Disney was acquiring 30% of Hulu that it didn't already own, the Fox piece, and it was acquiring the 10% uh, from Time Warner and AT&T. My assertion at the time was that Comcast should have acquired the rest of it and actually ended up owning Hulu instead of being a passive 30% partner. And there were a lot of reasons why I thought it should have done that. There was an opportunity to get immediate revenue from Hulu, get all the leading technology, get a bird's eye view into how the CTV ad supported business works. Um, They would have gained Hulu's immediate scale and pricing power. And importantly, they would have been able to bundle Peacock with it. They would have had their own entity to leverage to get more Peacock. And ultimately, ultimately, I think what could have happened is that Peacock plus Hulu could have potentially been spun off into its own separate entity. And that is the single biggest thing weighing on Comcast stock is the NBC Universal drag. And if they could have put that together with Hulu, a scaled streaming service along the lines of, you know, think how Wall Street values Netflix and how they've ratcheted the value of Disney because of Disney Plus, Comcast would have been able to achieve all of those things. And it would have been able to do it for about 13 to $15 billion, what it would have cost to acquire Hulu. Instead, they did the exact opposite. They basically gave Disney an option to acquire their 30% in Hulu. Now, they're going to make a lot of money out of that. But if there's one thing Comcast doesn't need, it's money. Comcast has money falling out of its pockets, literally. <laughs> they have incredible cash flow as a result of the broadband business. 
And so they don't really need more money. What they need is more strategic assets to get them positioned properly in the streaming era. And that's what that Hulu deal could have done. So, you know, I look back on that three and a half years ago and think if they had only done that, there would be no conversation right now that's going on between YouTube TV and uh, NBCU because Hulu would have been part of a mix. It would have all been part of one deal. And um, there would have been a good deal to be had there. It's that simple. So, uh, you know, it's it's a tough position that Comcast finds itself in. Whenever you're playing catch-up ball, your options are limited. And that's, I think, what we're seeing uh, fully on display here. Uh, yeah, it's, it's true enough, Will. But, you know, I want to go back on a, a couple of things that you said there. The first thing is that the, there is no question in my mind that the, the Comcast and NBCU did try and tie Peacock into this deal. Let's be honest, that's the way this business works, right? Um, Pay TV has been bundling. They get you to take the whole suite of channels, not just not just cherry pick the best channels. That's always the way this has worked. ESPN has been a master at this, bundling a whole bunch of niche channels in with with the uh, with the main ESPN and ESPN2 right so i totally get that NBCU would have tried to do this um no, no question but on the issue with with Hulu i do agree with you i think it probably would have been a good idea for for NBCU and Comcast to step up and try and purchase Hulu but let's be honest they would be facing the same problem that Disney is facing and uh, with Hulu and actually they will be in a worse position and that is when the purchase happened and you 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 got in that agreement a certain uh, number of years of continued distribution of quote uh, of, of your competitor products through Hulu that is if if Comcast had bought it you know they would have done a deal with Disney where they continue to get ABC programming released through Hulu for a certain number of years afterwards. But once that um, that time expired, um, Disney would have done what NBC is going to do. It's going to pull its programming and put it in its own platform. So the value of Hulu would have decreased over time as other people's content started to vanish from that platform. And the real value of Hulu remains that it is the central place that people can go to continue to get quality broadcast content online. Uh, and that's why it continues to grow so strongly. And 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 so Comcast would have faced exactly the same problem that Disney is facing and actually would be in a worse position because Disney I, would also own Fox. Yeah. Can I just can I just jump in there for a moment, Colin? Um, yes, you can. I, I, think, I, I was I finished. Think... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. No, no. I mean, I think what you're saying is absolutely correct. There's no question that at some point the Disney and Fox programming was going to fall away from YouTube, uh, from Hulu. No question about that. Um, I guess I think of that, you know, not that dif- dissimilarly from what's happened with Netflix. Netflix has steadily lost content that is licensed from other studios and networks. And what it's done instead is focused on originals. And in fact, Hulu has focused hard on originals as well. Uh, Peacock is focusing on originals, too, for that matter. So I, I think that that's just the nature of the beast with these streaming services. It's also actually the heritage of a lot of the ad-supported cable TV channels as well. They started off by licensing um, content from others, and then they evolved to have their own original programming. So mm-hmm. it's, it would have been no different for Hulu to have done the same. 
they would have, as part of the deal, Comcast would have negotiated to make sure that they had that deal in place for a long enough period such that they felt that they could bridge to an original content heavy uh, content strategy, an original uh, programming content uh, strategy. So I, I don't think that's a deal breaker at all. That's all just part of the numbers and how the negotiation sorts out. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a reason in and of itself not to do something. Wherever, wherever we end up, I think, with this, though, Will, I think the bottom line here is that NBCU does not have the power that it had even five years ago in negotiating, and, and certainly not with YouTube TV. Um, the reasons, I think the real reason YouTube got into the YouTube TV um, business at all was one very big problem that they had, which was that they needed quality ad inventory, uh, which they could lump in. Uh, and, and remember, at this time, YouTube was having a lot of problems with brand safety. And they needed guaranteed quality ad interview, that they, uh, uh, quality ad inventory yep. Yep. that they could bundle in with um, with their other quote quality inventory in a brand safe environment and sell at a premium. And they, it, this has been very successful at helping jumpstart that. But let's, let's be honest, YouTube does seem to have got over these brand safety, brand safety issues. They are now doing extremely well in connected TV without YouTube TV. Get, a lot of their viewership now is on connected television. And so I really think the value of YouTube TV has decreased to the corporation pretty dramatically over the last five years. Uh, and so, as you say, this puts them in the driver's seat in this negotiation. And I have, yeah. I'd be very surprised if yeah. NBCU walk away with a major victory here. Yeah, I mean, we probably need to start wrapping up, Colin. But yeah, I would say, agree, very unlikely Comcast NBCU is going to walk away with a major victory. It's only a question of how, you know, how kind of humbling it is because NBCU, <laughs> as you say, certainly not in the negotiating position that it was many years ago. And this is what Wall Street has been telling Comcast for years now, that they need to, quote unquote, fix the NBCU problem. And they just haven't done it. It continues to get worse. Peacock is not a solution. It's that simple. They need to do something about it. Um, and I don't know, YouTube TV, I think, is still valuable to Google, to Google, still plays an important role. I don't know if it has dramatically less value than it did five years ago. Um, you know, in some ways, I think it has more value than it had five years ago. But does it have enough value that Google is 100 percent committed to it? I don't think so. That's always been my question is that the um, is that YouTube TV has been sort of a mixed mixed motives for the company. Um, anyway, we should probably wrap up, Con. You know, the larger point here, I think, is that the platforms, Google, Amazon, Apple, these are changing the rules of the game in the TV industry right below our feet, and we periodically get these really stark examples of how they're doing that. And I think this negotiation between NBCU and YouTube TV is the latest stark example, and no doubt there's going to be others coming as well. Uh, all of that is no doubt true, Will. All right, Colin, well, let's wrap that for today. I hope uh, you have a good weekend coming up here, and we'll see if there's any movement on this negotiating front. 
Yeah, yeah, I wonder if my Premier League is going to go away for tomorrow. Bunch of good games I'm looking forward to to watching. I don't think so. Hey, I'm just happy we got the Ryder Cup behind us before this whole thing exploded. That would have been a total drag. <laughs> <laughs> Guessing that was no coincidence when the uh, expiration no, date no. was. Okay, Cop, thanks. Uh, great chatting with you, and thanks everyone for listening in on this week's edition of Inside the Stream, and we'll see you all again next week. Inside the Stream is a production of Endscreen Media and Video News, all rights reserved.